This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio gets the job done right with help from our trusted contributors at the Ontario College of Trades. Okay, welcome back. Now we turn to things automotive, something that can be a source of stress. Are you car savvy? Do you know what services your vehicle requires and when the best time is to get them done? To ensure the very best driving in all the seasons, uh, you need to ensure good summer driving, especially if maybe you're taking a summer driving holiday. And what about when to top up fluids, have the other repairs and services done uh, throughout the changing seasons? And sometimes our seasons here are a little topsy-turvy. So, uh, and another question, uh, you know, how do you know that you're really getting the right work done and that the price you're being charged is an appropriate price for that? I'm here with Lou Troche, who is the owner and technician of All About Imports, which is an auto repair and maintenance facility. He specializes in German and Japanese cars, but can repair anything. And uh, Lou was a nominee for our Celebrating the Trades program with the Ontario College of Trades. Uh, Lou, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. So uh, what do we have to get done in the summer? Well, there's air conditioning season that uh, obviously. Uh, oh. Air conditioning. There we go. Hey. There we go. Oh, Sorry yeah. about hey, that. That's okay. Uh, air conditioning season is rapidly ending. And now we're going into the doldrum of the, the remainder of the season where everybody's thinking about vacations and uh, then into a um, back to school period. So, right now is the great season to get your maintenance done that you haven't done um, previously to this point. Mm-hmm. So, Such as? Fluids. Fluids. Fluids and brake servicing and all that kind of stuff that, you know, when we get to November, we overwhelm everybody with uh, the tires and whatnot, and everybody wants to pack in one service per season, uh, one service in the winter, one service in the spring, and that overwhelms everybody. So the p- best fashion is usually to take this season where everybody's a little bit slower and catch up on all those maintenance items that you've been neglecting. Okay. Now, you specialize in uh, imported cars. Yes. Uh, so uh, a lot of people have Japanese cars. Yes. A lot of people have German cars. Yes. Uh, so uh, what are the important things to know if you have an imported car versus uh Well, local? most of the cars are very service. Um, the, the do-it-yourselfer is no longer really in place any longer. Um, basically, you have to know how to check your fluids and top your fluids, and that's pretty much all you can do nowadays. So right now, it's it's learning a lot of these German cars. You can't even check your oil. You have to use the onboard systems to be able to monitor your oil. So you, you just have to... There's basic fluids and basic tire pressures, and there's not a heck of a lot you could do on a on a very contemporary German car. Uh, well, I, uh, speaking for myself, I, I can, you know, the car is too smart for me. Sorry. It is. It's too smart for me as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> It's it's you know wow um, so it's all it's all run by computers yes God yes uh, but uh, one of the things I think that that people worry about with uh, imported cars is that anything 
that happens on that car is going to be a lot more expensive than uh, in on a North American car. There is some, you know, there is some truth in that. Um, it's not, it's not as great a difference as it used to be. But uh, you know, when you're in, when you're driving a a high cost uh, German car, you have to expect the service to be appropriate with it. Yes, when you're driving a a run of the mill Toyota or Honda, they should be pretty close in maintenance costs between your your North American products. And I know that a lot of people um, kind of think uh, it's patriotic to use a North American car, but a lot of the uh, German and Japanese cars are actually built here and create jobs. Yes, absolutely. There, there's the, the, the made in Germany is obviously the, the point of manufacture, but a lot of the parts are, are made throughout North America, yeah. Okay, so let's um, get cut to the chase here okay. because we're talking about auto repairs. Okay. Uh, so... What are the warning signs that you think should tell clients not to use a, a certain shop? Well, I mean, if you're driving a contemporary car and it, it has a special um, series of needs that if you go into a shop that's a general repair shop, you're probably not going to. If you're driving a specialty product, you're probably, you need to be finding a specialist. So a lot of people go into a general repair shop thinking that they're going to be able to service their high-end Mercedes, and it becomes difficult. To, you, you know, you have, to, you have to find your local specialist within the area to, to try and find. That's, you know, step number one is when you're asking a general repair shop to diagnose a, a, a very uh, unique car. You have to be careful with that. As far as, uh, you just have to develop a relationship just like every other business. You develop a relationship with the person that you're, uh, you're putting your trust in and you know that face-to-face contact is probably more important. What if you're not? If you don't drive a particularly okay. uh, special car, I mean, what what signs if you walk into a shop? You know how how should the shop look? Well, I'm into I'm into cleanliness. I mean, I, I, I you know I look at the cleanliness of a facility that I'm walking into, and I, if I assume the front is you know desperately in disrepair, I assume the back is in desperate disrepair. And you can look at the equipment that, you know, that you can see through the shop and, you know, you can look at a piece of equipment and see, you know, without knowing what it is, you can, you generally, you know, when it's 20 years old, right? So. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, this is Tyler Charlebois from the Ontario College of Trades. Hey, Tyler. Hi, Libby. Thanks. I would also sort of mention to Lou's point that you're also looking for not only the cleanliness of of what it looks like, but also what kind of, um, you're looking for their certification, Right. So the trade that we're talking about, automotive service technician, is a compulsory trade in the province of Ontario, and only those that are certified or a registered apprentice should be are eligible to actually do the work on the vehicle. And so you want to be looking for to see their certificate of qualification. Lou says you build that relationship with that with the technician that you're working with. So you're also looking to see, you know, have you seen their car? Do you know? So you don't always know when you bring your car in, you drop it off, and you assume the people in the back know what they're doing. They don't always know what they're doing, or are they certified to do that work? Okay, so you have to ask not just the guy who owns the shop, but you have to ask who's yeah. who's actually doing the work on my car. Well, you have to look for the certificates on a wall. That would be yeah. the Ontario College of Trade certificates, yes. Yeah. Right, but, you know, if you see one, you, you might think that's fine. You have to make sure it's... Well, if you're seeing six staff members in the back, you should be seeing six, six certificates on yeah. the wall, yes. Yeah. So if you see six or seven technicians running about with one certificate on the wall, obviously that should uh, rise, raise yeah. an alarm. Now, uh, our, our, since we're talking about imported cars, are, are German and Japanese cars sort of completely different oh, beasts? Oh, yes. Yes, there's just, there's just a different way of thinking. German technology is, you know, it's always pushing that envelope. It's, you know, it's trying to come up with the, the most advanced piece of software, the most pan- advanced piece of hardware. And, uh, you know, 
it's it works for them. And, but you know, the Japanese way I find tends to be a little bit more uh, about refining what did work for you know making this up. But that's what I find is is the Japanese way of uh, of you know engineering a car is just to make stuff better. And, and the German way is just to be pushing that envelope always. And, and the, the Japanese, uh, do they uh, sort of focus on, on uh, safety, reliability more than the kind of, you know, uh, racy German cars? No, I don't think so. I think everybody's primary concern is, you know, providing the most safe product they can. Okay. You know. And, uh, of course, lately we've been seeing... A lot of these uh, Korean cars yes. on oh, the market, yes. and they're really well priced. They are fantastically priced, yeah, and, and they've got the right idea. It's just when we look at what a car cost twenty years ago, and we look what it costs now, that's it, not really that much different. But how they manage the production processes are all, you know, part of that that price point and the way they produce the car, and you know, streamlining the process and whatnot. But yeah, they're pretty pretty decent cars as well. Yeah, they seem to be. And yep. uh, is is that a sort of a different mindset? I mean, okay, you can have a, like a really, really expensive car or a really, really cheap car. Yeah. Uh, do you have to have the same kind of mindset when it comes to maintaining it? I I am, me, I'm a Honda technician. That's where I started. And we have a couple Audi technicians and I can't work on Audis. I, I can't do it. I just, my mind just does not want to make my hand go in that place and, and, and do that. They're very, they're engineered very differently. And, and I find working, you know, for, you know, I, I kind of separate the shop and half into Japanese and half into to the German cars. And it's very hard to switch over back and forth. They're, it, they're, they're very different cars. So, so really, and what about these Korean cars? Are they in the Japanese they're camp? In the, they're in the Japanese camp. Yes. They're definitely, they're definitely have that thinking. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so you should be having a talk with the te- technician. You if know, you can, yeah, absolutely. If you can, absolutely, yeah. Okay, I, I hadn't can, thought of that. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I welcome. You know, everybody who wants to come and have a chat with me. They're more than welcome to have it. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We are talking about getting your car repaired and maintained the right way. I'm here with Lou Troche from All About Imports and Tyler Charlebois from the Ontario College of Trades. The numbers to call if you have questions about repairing your car, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Okay, let's talk about money. It can be expensive. Um, what is the range of the cost in terms of a, an hourly price? Depends on whether you're in the GTA or where what, what zone you are, you're in, but I'm in Mississauga and... <clears throat> When it depends whether you're a dealer or independent shop, I mean we're at uh, in the low 100s, and but there are shops around me that are in the mid 100s. You know, when you're at the dealer, you're closer to the 150 mark. When you're at the independents, you're anywhere between. We have a range that goes from anywhere from 80 dollars for the you know for non-critical stuff all the way up to 115 dollars for for technical services. So it depends more on what you're having done as opposed to who's doing it. Correct. So that does that seems a little strange. Well, I mean, when you're when you're performing, when you're changing a bulb in your driveway, you know, I can't charge the same amount for that sort of service because I'm putting an appropriate staff member on that one, and that, that oh, younger staff okay. member is not, you know, I can't charge a, a premium rate. Well, for that's that what. Year. So that's what yeah. I mean. You are using a different staff Correct. person for yes. something. Correct. Yes. So when your vehicle is coming in for a very technical repair, I have to put my most senior technician on it, and and his time is 
generally consumed very quickly. So Okay. Well, I mean, people generally look for a good deal. I mean, here's the way it goes. Just, you yes. know, when, when your car is under warranty, you take it to the dealer and you kind of swallow hard. And Absolutely. They charge you a lot of money and you do exactly what they tell you to do so that your warranty will be honored should something go wrong. But once uh, you're, you're out of warranty, then you want to find a, a, a good deal, but you want to find a, a good deal without jeopardizing your car. And it can be very um, difficult uh, to know, like, are, are you getting a reasonable price? Are you being ripped off? Are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Are they doing something else? Or do they kind of see you coming and, you know, say, hey, lady, like, you need to whatever. Once again, it's relationship building, and, and I, I, I firmly believe that you have to, you know, if you're the type of person who hops from facility to facility to facility, you're never going to find that connection that you need to find, and, 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 and you need to find that connection, and you need to, you need to, you know, dip your toe into the water slowly and carefully, and, you know, start with a particular shop that you're interested in, and start with minor repairs, and, and move from there, and, and develop that relationship, and that's the only way you're ever going to know whether you're, you're, uh, being ripped off, so to speak. I mean, I don't think it, it's, you have to look for somebody with qualifications that are, you know, can apply to the vehicle you're driving. And then you have to build a relationship with them. That's, there's, there's no real. And I think you have to, you know, sort of become your own advocate in a way. And I know there's a lot in sort of females talk about how do I become, ask the right questions, find out who's doing the work and talk to them about what you think needs to be done and what they actually do and let them show you. I think that all of our, you know, certified, you know, uh, mechanics uh, will be happy to talk to you about what they do and how they do it because they have such pride in what they do and they want to yeah. sort of help educate you in, in, in the value I'm, of their service. I'm all about, you know, I'm all about sitting down with my customer and, 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 you know, I'll sit down with them in my waiting area for 10, 15 minutes and discuss what we're doing to the car. And if they need to go in the back to see it, I'll take them in the back to see it. People want to understand what they're spending their money on. They don't, uh, they don't necessarily, I mean, they want that good deal, but at the end of the day, they don't want to have to deal with it again. So they don't want repeated uh, repairs on the same, you know, issue that they're having. You know, so for me, I, I would rather sit down with them and have a good, sometimes it's a 10 or 15 minute conversation I have with them and I, they, they want to understand. I remember with my previous car, something used to come up. Yes. And so he would say to me, do you want a new part or do you want a reconditioned part? And then he'd say, well, the reconditioned part might be just as good. It's going to be a lot cheaper. Yes. Um, it depends on what you're getting done. There are certainly going to be reconditioned parts that are perfectly fine for uh, the average car. But, you know, depending on what kind of car you're driving and the, the, the reconditioned parts may not be available. And I tend to favor whatever product is going to give me the most warranty so that I could offer this, that warranty. So if a, if a reconditioned part is going to give me a two-year warranty, well, then I'm more than willing to give it a try. Uh, if a reconditioned part is only going to give me a six-month warranty, then I'm not interested in it because I want to be able to offer a two-year warranty on all the services that we provide. So I'm looking to purchase products that are giving me the closest that I can get to that, that least amount of exposure for a warranty would be issue for me. But And in terms of parts, um, how has that changed since everything is basically computerized? Well, I mean, you know, everything marches on and the the parts are much more, once again, your product depends on what, what the actual need is. And a lot of times you have to go back to the dealer to purchase, like even I, we have to go back to the dealer to purchase those specialty parts, those computers and all that sort of stuff. You have to buy them from the dealer. 
Uh, there's just not. Uh, once again, it depends on the brand and how many, you know, obviously if it's a Honda Civic, there's lots of aftermarket availability for pieces. Uh, and if it's a if it's a German, you know, Mercedes, then, you know, the, all those pieces, uh, available products shrink down because the market's not large enough and you have to go back to the dealer to purchase. Yeah, and you know, what we do in the apprenticeship program is making is modernizing it all the time to make sure that it is staying current. So when we're training those apprentices that are working with Lou and his shop and others, is that they're actually being learnt and they're learning on the newest technology and what's actually happening out there now, not the cars of you know eighteen hundreds, right? It's great if you can fix those, but they're not many of those on the road anymore. Yes, yes. Uh, the, keeping up with the technology is is probably the biggest task of every everybody in our trade is well in in every field but but aren't people hanging on to their cars longer yes that tends to be they, they go further they go further than they used to go so yes they are keeping them longer and i think and, the average is over seven years am yeah, i wrong i believe that's pretty i believe that's accurate accurate yes and to help the longevity is obviously making sure that you're using a certified technician to make sure that you're and, and getting it maintained properly um and regularly will help the longevity of your vehicle if you don't you know take it in for four years you're probably not gonna you know gonna well issues, you right? kind of have to uh the other question i wanted to ask is is um you know uh convenience because i know when i'm taking my car in you know i, I don't want to take a day off work to take my car in and nor do i want a 40 dollar cab ride to get from the repair shop to work all of that stuff so how do independent shops kind of deal with that that is a that is a problem that i deal with every day it's i mean i have one courtesy car that i give to my my clients but for the most part it's 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 a difficult part of the business that i've never Truly owned, um, it, because I don't, you know, I find, you know, working on Saturdays is, is definitely um, not that beneficial for us because we just can't, you know, because we do specialized work, it's hard to get everything on Saturdays. So it is unfortunate, but it's part of life with, uh, you know, if you, you've got to, you know, rent a car for the day or something like that. It's, you know, if we can't complete your service within two or three hours, then, you know, we have to figure out how to get you home. Yeah, but yeah. you that's a, you have a courtesy car. That's pretty good. I don't know that most independent, smaller shops do i've always had one simply because i realized that it's a it's a tool i use it as a tool it's it's a tool for us to make life more comfortable for people and it is it is a very scheduled car it's out two weeks like it's always booked out two weeks in advance you know, oh, okay so. so you have to um are, are are people in the college becoming sensitive to issues like that um yeah i think you know it, it depends on your business model and, and how you want to sort of service your clients in that way right some would say you know we're going to focus on your car you know where we may be we can't help you but you do see that in in shops like Lou's and even in, in dealers right they'll they have a pick up and drop off right and some of them will do yeah that when they're bringing in your service often extremely inconvenient yeah, <laughs> but, you know so you know i think it's always trying to find that balance between the service that they are providing and how do we provide additional value to that service and so you come back right I think that's why Lou has the courtesy cars. You know, this is something I do for the customers so I can bring to so well, you come you, back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that in terms of dealers, like you're kind of captive for a while. Yeah. And then uh, when you're released from captivity, then you can well, choose who you go to. My, my whole business model is based upon I, I hold my hands out and I wait. Um, I, you know, that first three years that you own the vehicle, obviously I'm not going to be, I, I mean, I'm part of the life of it because we're doing general maintenance on it, but I, I merely wait for that three years to expire. And then I just put my hands out and I just catch. And that's my whole business model is just wait for the, <laughs> for the dealers to push you out the door. And I just, I try and be that, that place that 
is in between, you know, the lower end shops and and and, and the dealer, and I, I simply try and provide a dealer like service for a, a, you know a greater greater value. And like I said, I, I literally just wait for for the push out the door, which, which happens on a <laughs> on a regular basis. Yes. You don't have to you, you, believe me. <laughs> you won't have to. I won't have to be pushed. <laughs> well, we could call it whatever we want, but that's you know that's basically the way I work. Okay, so uh, just to uh, recap, so this is kind of a slow season, so it's a good idea to get things done. Uh, I know uh, a couple of things, you know, I was used to my uh, local mechanic, and Mm -hmm. then when I got the new car, it's like, what, you want me to come in three weeks? That's ridiculous. At the dealer, you mean? Yeah, at the dealer or wherever, yeah. Yeah, um, this is the season where you know if there's if there's ever going to be a slowdown season, there you know it's obviously in February and 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 as we move into the September school back to school, everybody forgets about their car and they just push it off and push it off until November and then the world explodes for all automotive repair facilities and 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 we're tasked to the extremities at that point of time and. I would love it if people would come in and do their maintenance in, in August. And, and, you know, it's a bit of an inconvenience to come back and put your tires back on in November. But when you come in in November and you come in for your tires and then you need X, Y, Z on top of it, you, you, you task the facility and, uh, and the staff that's there. And, you know, that's when mistakes happen. And that's where you end up waiting for two to three weeks to get your car in. But you know, if you can, get your maintenance done now. Yeah, and uh, changing the tires, I, I mean, I'm probably a, I'm a little paranoid about that. I mean, how can I be sure that the tires are, you know, put on right? Go back and have them retorqued. After, you mean, technically, we, 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 we talk about having the car return after 100 kilometers or so and having the wheels retorqued uh, because it is, it is an issue for everybody when you, when you, you know, because the, tor- the torques are so low, you know, things can go wrong and it, it happens to everybody, unfortunately. Um, but like I said, it, go back and have everybody should be able to provide provide a courtesy retorquing of the wheels. And how often is that? Just the first time? Just, just the once. Just you know, you head back hundred you know hundred kilometers after whatever. whatever after is. after you've after you've driven the car, after you've picked up the car, you drive home, and then. But you, every year. Right. Every time you switch over your tires, you know. Oh, okay, I better do that. It's <laughs> not necessary, but it's recommended. It's one of those. You'll see if you look on the bottom of a lot of invoices, you'll see in the fine print saying return after 100 kilometers or so to have your tires retorqued. And can anybody do that on any tire? Yes. Or yeah. So I don't have to go back to the dealer to do that. Well, you know, if you're, you want it done for free, you'll probably go back to the service provider that just did it for you and as opposed to, you know, going into a stranger and saying retorque my wheels. I mean, I'd do it, obviously, but you may, you may get a little but bit of resistance. But I'd have to go to Mississauga. <laughs> But it's a lovely drive. It's a lovely drive. Oh, it's a, it's a delightful drive in traffic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so uh, we are starting to run out of time. What would you like to leave us with? Perfect. Well, I will just say, you know, thank Lou for all the service that he provides. He's, you know, one of, you know, many amazing automotive service techs that we have in the province of Ontario that are certified. And just to remind folks to check your certification because you you think that everyone is and everyone, you know, has some basic knowledge and can work on cars, but you want to make sure you're working with a certified individual. Okay. Um, Lou, what do you want to tell people before we... I just want to tell you, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to be here and, uh, you know, just read your manuals and... You know, and, and learn the lights on your dash. And, and people don't know their lights on their dash, and, and they ignore lights all the time on their dash. And Oh, you and mean the warning the lights? The warning lights. People <laughs> ignore their warning lights all the time, and then, like, just open your owner's manual and, and 
figure, well, if there's a light flashing at you, chances are you need to. I, I have to say, you know, sometimes the way those manuals are written. I know. I, it's very, it's almost, you know, not only are these people not uh, speakers of English, but God knows what they're speaking because uh, it's really tough. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I, you know, I take many phone calls per day discussing lights on their dash. And that's I'm probably four to five a day of what's this light mean? I'm like, well, it's in your owner's manual. Open your owner's manual. But that is, it's a big, uh, it's a big, big part for me. It's a big part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is all the time we have. Thanks so much to both of you. And, Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. This has been wonderful. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.